Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Good morning. My name is Bode Badeba. Welcome to Inside Nigeria here at the Leadership Television. Here you have the last word. Of course, today is good. Today is right. on the edition of Inside Nigeria this morning. We shall be reviewing some national daily, starting with Nigeria's most influential newspaper, The Leadership. And of course, we'll go to Sokoto, where we'll be getting updates as to the killing of some travelers in a most gruesome manner in that part of the country. And of course, the trending issues is about the Omicron variant of COVID-19 and the need to have a booster jab. Well, without wasting your time, let's go straight to business by reviewing the first newspaper on our menu this morning, Leadership, Nigeria's most influential newspaper. On the front page of Leadership this morning, Omicron, Pfizer recommended vaccine dose as protection. Omicron, Pfizer recommended vaccine dose as protection. AstraZeneca slashes jab production. Federal government confirmed expiration of 1 million doses, vows not to accept short life vaccine anymore as booster shot commences Friday. African Union child UK, Canada, as Saudi Arabia bans flights from Nigeria. It's high time Nigeria took reciprocal measures, according to XM Boy. Well, I'm supposed to be joined by patient Evie Hedrika, legislative health correspondent, and of course, our guest analyst, Remy Adebayo. All right, I have Remy Adebayo this morning with me, our guest, Anali. Good morning, Mr. Adebayo. I'm so sorry for the short uh, notice to have you join us this morning on Inside Nigeria. It's always a pleasure to, to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You have seen the front page of leadership this morning. It's about the need to have a third dose. Now Pfizer is recommending third vaccine dose as protection because of the Omicron variant of COVID-19. I don't know. Do you believe there's a need for a booster jab, third dose? They... Hello, can you? I think you are with me now. Can, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. I can hear you. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Bode. Yes, um, the uh, mutation of the Omicron uh, variant of coronavirus or COVID-19 uh, has introduced another need for uh, every precautions that will be taken in keeping the people safe on the menace of the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. The virus, as we know, uh, is uh, taking or tackling our scientists globally on understanding the scope of the virus itself and the response to it. In Nigeria, for instance, I remember that the uh, the uh, Presidential Steering Committee uh, on COVID-19 that is led by the Secretary to the Government of the Federation, Mr. Boss Mustafa, 
has been doing a lot in that regard. And of course, you can see the you see the primary healthcare uh, uh, the, that body. Uh, they have done a lot also to uh, engage Nigerians on the, uh, the fascination uh, stage that we are now. After the reluctance, the third jab or the third, uh, uh, what do you call it, vaccine that Nigerians are being, or globally that people are being asked to take now, could be an advantage in view of the, uh, the uh, do you call the, the, the Omicron uh, variant that we have now? Even before that, I, I, I recall that people are actually talking about getting the booster jab, which could be like a, an aid to the initial two uh, jabs that have been taken before. So if the, this third vaccine or the booster jab is going to uh, work in that regard, I do not think it is a, a bad idea. But the truth or what we should be uh, focusing again is the sensitization, not just in Nigeria, even globally. A number of people are worried about the um, the uh, effectiveness or the, the efficacy of vaccine itself, especially when you still have to uh, observe all these uh, non-pharmaceutical protocols. So they are saying that if I still have to wear my face mask, I still have to wash my hands, do social distancing and all that, why is it necessary for me to get my doses, you know? So I, if um, government all over the world wants us to uh, remain safer, uh, it will be an added advantage for us if um, the second dose or what, the, the, I don't know whether it's the same thing as the booster dose, if it's going to provide a little more protection. I, I don't think if it is scientifically proven that that is what we need, then we should go for it. All right, Mr. Adebayo, let's talk about the politics of the vaccine now believes that african countries are being denied vaccine so whose fault is that are we supposed to think out of the box to manufacture this vaccine to protect ourselves or we should continue to be at the mercies of the superpowers who have continued to discriminate against us shutting their borders against us and the rest of them what, what do you make out of this uh a scenario playing out of course we have to be thinking about domestic profession, uh, prof, uh, what do you call it, production of uh, vaccines. Uh, just yesterday, the Minister of Health, Osage Ehanire, was responding to the rumor, or this, the, is it, it's not a rumor, the report that over 1 million doses of vaccines in Nigeria got expired. And he had to tell us the reason yesterday in a statement that yes, they got expired because the safe life of these vaccines before getting to Nigeria uh, was limited. If you have a vaccine that is expired, expiring in about two months, and you think to ferry them to Nigeria, transporting them, going through clearance, by the time they get to our shelf, they already have little span of, uh, of efficacy. So there is no way we want to, we should respond effectively to the vaccine demand for a country that is estimated to have about 200 million people without thinking about local production, either as a country or as a continent. This has become a problem. I was at the third, is it? Uh, no, I was at the National uh, COVID Summit in Abuja here on Monday, where the professor of virology, Professor Oye uh, Mori, actually spoke at length about this. Also, the, the Secretary of the Government of the, Federal, I mean, of the Federation also advocated for this. 
So I think that Nigerians should gear up and put all resources together in terms of uh, finance and manpower and scientific uh, uh, know-how or anything that we need to ensure that we have enough production of COVID-19 here in Nigeria. And I also want to restate what uh, Professor Otomori said at that meeting, that if we create a governance environment, Nigeria can actually produce more vaccines that we can even donate to other countries, either in Africa or even in Europe. So governments should look at it. It shouldn't just be uh, a talk shop where we just I mean, express our wishes, but we should be able to put actions to what we desire as a nation. So if we want to, because we only have Omicron today, we have had Delta variants. We don't know whether we should have another, whether there will be another mutation in the future or not. So before that, we have to be thinking. And I believe that we have enough personnel and uh, what, what they call a human capacity, I mean, uh, is it um, human capital to meet all this? We have scientists that have been, I mean, that, are, that have proven themselves all over the world. So if we have the environment, I believe we can. And Nigeria should be thinking about producing not just COVID 19 vaccines, but other vaccines in the future. Yeah, that's very, very uh, good of you, Mr. Debayo. That was wonderful analysis about the situation over there. Well, Mr. Debayo, we need to move away from the front page of leadership to our sister publication, The National Economy, which is our business newspaper. Of course, on the front page of National Economy this morning is a different uh, ball game altogether, but they all affect our security, food security and the rest of them. Gloomy outlook as desertification consumed two square meters of Nigeria's agricultural land daily. Gloomy outlook as desertification consumes two square meters of Nigeria's agricultural land daily. Mr. Debayo, does this call for uh, concern or not? Is this something we should be disturbed about or not? Just two square meters of Nigerian agricultural land on daily basis. Uh, if you understand what the certification has done to us. Uh, we will understand that this call for a serious concern. We are talking about the period of global warming, climatic change. We are talking about the time that uh, our river, the Lake Chad, has reverted up to about how many? I think about 90 something percent, according to the Ministry of Water Resources. At a point, I can't be that. I'm sorry, I don't want to be so emphatic about the figure now. So, we have a lot to worry about if we are losing the farming land, especially at a time that we also have a climatic change that rainfall cannot be predicted as it used to be. And we have insecurity uh, battling this country and confronting us almost every day. We have a situation where farmers do not have the confidence to assess their farms to go and farm. And the little that can go to farm, the yield, the, product, uh, the productivity that, uh, that is expected from their farm cannot be denied because of um, the certification. So we have to go back to the basics. Um, we must do everything to re-certify, re, uh, re, re, which, which language I want to use now. We have to be thinking of how to combat the global warming, the climatic change. 
I think government should be able to make a decisive decision to guarantee that trees are planted and will reclaim lands that have been lost every day. So I believe that is the way to go about this. We cannot just lose everything. If we are talking about a population that will right, skyrocket in about 2050, and this 2021 go to 2022, how do we meet the food security and food needs of the local of I mean of our population? So it is time for us to begin to do something about it. Thank you. I want to thank National Economy for coming up with this uh, very good uh, uh, headline. It shows that somebody or some group of people are tackling the, 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 the agri sector and what should be done towards that end. We cannot be losing two square meters every day and feel that nothing is happening. It's a lot. All right, Mr. Debayo. Yeah. Okay, stay with me. Stay with me. I'll come back to you. Let's use two minutes to discuss uh, uh, a developing story coming from Sokoto, where bandits were said to have killed over 20 transporters on Monday. These parameters were said to be fired at and all bonds are beyond recognition. Let me talk to Mansur Issa Sokoto now from Sokoto to give us updates about the situation. Good morning, Mr. Mansur. Yeah, good morning. Thank you. Yeah, how is Sokoto this morning? So Sokoto is still mournful of what happened on Monday. Uh, it is disheartening, uh, but life goes on. Uh, uh, it, it's, a very, it's a very sad event. Uh, uh, people who were running away from, from, from uh, bandits because they, they have dispersed their communities, they are running away for a better life. Some were traveling to Kaduna, some to Abuja, some to Tanfara, just to find safer places where they, they, they could live their lives as normal Nigerian citizens. Now these bandits block their way and bond them to, to death about uh, 2022 20, instantly, but uh, the update this morning is 25, bond including women and children. Uh, it is disheartening. And a pregnant woman was also burnt to death with her fetus. And it is just going, you, 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 you can't even imagine the kind of uh, trauma that people go through because of this bad news. And this is like a regular occurrence in, in this axis. Every day people are killed, people are molested, people are robbed, people are... It is as if um, some parts of this state are not under, under, under the control of the Nigerian government because the bandits are having their field day, uh, dictating to people what to do and what not to do. And nothing anybody can do. To, to save them. So it is a very, very painful situation over here in some parts. Mark you, people think that it is all over Sokoto State. No, it is, of course, some local governments, particularly the eastern parts, uh, where we have about six or seven local governments that are mm -hmm. that are under this serious problem. Sabonbini, Isa, Wurumu, uh, Araba, Goronyu, Tangaza, and Ilela. These uh, local governments uh, constitute the Sokoto Eastern Senatorial uh, uh, District. and. It is the most the most hit by 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 the activities of these bandits, and it is just something that anybody cannot explain to you. You have to be here to see what's going on. The situation of these people is is pathetic, and it is disheartening. And definitely, something must be done to save these people. If not, I think we are gradually in these parts of the state and country uh, 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 sliding into a state of anarchy. All right, Mr. Mansoor. Now, what actually happened on Monday? Who were these uh, 
victims? Where were they coming from? Where were they going? And how did this happen to them? Yes, they were, they were, uh, they were villagers or communities, uh, community residents in Sabonbun local government. One of the worst hit by banditry in in in, in northern Nigeria. Uh, over 400 communities have been dispersed by bandits, and some of the members of this community now we are traveling as far away as Kaduna Abuja because they were leaving. Some of them reportedly sold their property and their belongings and they wanted to move to other safer states to have a, a meaningful life because they don't have any. They are not allowed to go to their farms. They are not allowed to live a normal life um, as, as citizens of Nigeria. So they were moving. Some of them were going to Zamfara. Some were going to Kaduna. Some were going to Abuja to just start a new life. When these bandits just from nowhere appeared in a community called Gidambawa in Isa local government area uh, along Shinkafi Road in Zamfara State. And uh, they, they blocked the car. I think they shot the tire according to the narration of one of the survivors we interviewed. And when the car somersaulted, they, they, they shot the uh, tank. And some even said they, 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 they put some petrol on the car and they burnt the car. And they surrounded the car waiting for any survivor to come out and they would just kill them. So the, the passengers were arrested in the car, including a pregnant woman with her unborn baby. She was burnt beyond recognition. And 22 people were burnt there instantly and they all died. I think you are showing some of the curry images that people can see and know what happened to these people. And these people were Nigerians who wanted to go and live a better life because they don't have any life in their communities. They sold their properties. It is expected that some of the informants of these bandits gave information to, to the bandits of these people. And maybe they wanted to stop them and take away what they had. Only God knows what happened because nobody was there. But according to some eyewitness narrations, uh, that that Monday uh, evening was was a, was a fatal evening for them. They, they were blocked and they shot a car. And this is getting frightening because it is as if bandits have now uh, resorted to not a kind of wasting their bullets on human beings anymore because maybe to them bullets are, are, are more important than even human lives. That is why they are resorted to this kind of uh, mass burning of people. I think it has happened somewhere, some, somewhere in Niger State Island. And this is now the new tactic. They don't abduct people maybe because their their forest or camps are no more safe because of the aerial bombardments that are being launched by. But whatever strategy is being applied by the federal and state government, they are not working. They need to reassess them because the situation is getting out of hand. And these people have just been killed. And it is as if they have been killed in like a normal day. And life will continue and as if nothing is going to be done. That is how we see it. All right, Mr. Mansour, I don't know what government is doing, but you are in Sokoto, you see things for yourself. So finally, what is people that people's expectation from government? Is the security in that area hasn't been bolstered and improved or everything remained the same? People are still at the mercies of criminals. People have been at the mercy of criminals in Sokoto Eastern uh, uh, part for over four or five years. Since 2000 and around 2015-16, and every day it gets worse. The levy communities, 
they dictate what should be done by everyone. You can't go to the farm without their permission. You cannot do anything in many of those communities. I told you earlier on that over 400 communities in Isa and Southern Britain local government, just two local governments alone. I think across Sokoto Eastern Senatorial Zone, I can authoritatively tell you that over 600 communities have been dispersed. By communities, we mean, you know what you mean by community here. Over 600 communities have been dispersed in eastern Sokoto. And these people, many of them have moved to the Sokoto central city. I mean, Sokoto metropolis, some of them have moved even to Niger Republic. And it is becoming a problem that the government must address. Whatever strategy the federal government particularly is applying and the Sokoto state government are not working. They need to assess them. They need to stop these senseless killings before things get out of hand. Just recently, Sokoto state government banned uh, NSAKE. It is a group of people who organize themselves because the bandits have, have, have forbidden uh, the presence of any uh, security personnel in these communities and they don't, they don't want to see any vigilante group. So sometimes these community members organize themselves and surround their villages to prevent them from attacks by, by, by bandits. And this has been, has been forbidden by the Sokoto state government and the federal government has not been able to redeploy enough security personnel to protect the lives and property of these people. They are in dire need of assistance, which means now they are between the devil and the red blue sea. They cannot live in their community safely and they don't have any uh, hope of moving to any other place to live a meaningful life because they can be blocked by bandits and be punched to death, just like what was done to these innocent 20, 25 people that were killed by bandits. It is disheartening. Everybody in Sokoto is in mourning. I will not say that, uh, to, be, to be fair, I will not say that the Sokoto state government is not bothered by this. Of course, it is bothered by it, but it has to also push harder uh, for the federal government to come and do something to rescue people from, from, from being in, uh, in a situation that is akin to what is happening in Afghanistan under the leadership of Taliban. I thank you, Mr. Mansouri Issa Buhari, who has been speaking with us live from Sokoto and who has also helped to provide as to the killing of some travelers in Sokoto State on Monday. Thank you. Many thanks to you, Mr. Mansouri. Thank, we hope to thank you so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Mr. Debayo, thank you for holding forth. Uh, let me allow you to conclude your thoughts before we proceed on the break. Thank you very much. Um, am I there? Yes, you are with me. Talking about the okay, I think the, yes, I think that's what I was actually talking about. That it is important this time around to take strategic and decisive actions to uh, to push back the problem of desertification by possibly um, uh, think about planting trees, uh, preventing bush burning and to do whatever it is scientifically available to uh, to prevent that. Uh, I mentioned the other time that with the population growing, already in Nigeria, some, I, I don't know if it is everywhere in the country, but I know that we already have food crisis now. People cannot have access, cannot buy food. A lot of people are complaining about high cost of uh, food. So if we allow this to continue, it may go out of the reach of the common mind, uh, common mind to have uh, daily nutrition or to get what it is to put to get them going so uh, it is not just about the government it's also about us as well 
we should stop this attitude of whaling uh, 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 trees arbitrarily and do everything that is possible to provide the environment. All right, thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, Alans, our senior health correspondent, Patience Evie Hejrika, is on the line with us. Patience, because of time, we need to go on a break. Okay, she's not there. We need to go on a short break. When we come back, I'll still be talking to Remy Adebayo, Abjabi's public affairs analyst, who will be helping us to dissect the remaining papers on our menu this morning. We'll be back shortly. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. We're still inside Nigeria for this Thursday morning. And of course, I've been speaking with Remy Aguayo, Abuja-based public affairs analyst, who has been helping us to dissect leading stories on some of the prompt pages this morning. And of course, the next newspaper on our menu this morning is the Daily Sun. But before we go to the Daily Sun, let me bring in our senior health correspondent, patient Evie Ihejirika, who will also bring us up to speed as to the recommendation by Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company. Good morning, patients. Good morning. All right, our patient's network is not too okay for this uh, conversation. Let me come back to our guest analyst, Remy Adibayo. Remy, now, see what is on the front page of the Sun newspaper uh, this morning is about the debate on the Electoral Act Amendment Bill. Buhari rejects Electoral Bill, says the Sun. Buhari rejects Electoral Bill, asks lawmakers to rework drafts. Compulsory direct primary infringement, compulsory direct primary infringement on parties' rights, according to Imo State Governor Opuzodima. Bidu Bed Forum, Ariwa Youth, TMG Kick. Remy, this is an exclusive story credited to the Daily Sun newspaper. We don't know how true it is, and we have not had anything from the presidency hours later. Do you believe that the president might have rejected the Electoral Act Amendment Bill 2021? <laughs> That's a very tough question you want me to ask this morning. Uh, <laughs> if a national daily, <laughs> if a national daily in the uh, pedigree of the sun can say that they have an exclusive insight into uh, what is happening in the minds of the president or the presidency, uh, yeah. of course we have to take it a little serious. Why are we seeing official response to this from the president or the presidency? Uh, to me, I um, I would not emphatically say that maybe this is not true. Uh, I'm saying that because I know that uh, since the debate around the direct uh, primaries have become uh, a pro I mean, uh, an issue, uh, a lot of pressures have been made to be uh, to bear on the president uh, after the National Assembly passed this particular bill, and the most contentious part of it is that of the direct primaries, which was recommended as uh, the benchmark for all political parties to select the candidates that should fly their, uh, the party's flag in the elections. Uh, those that have um, uh, I mean, that have flown this, of course, have the mind that, uh, that for a democracy to be genuinely participatory, uh, 
the people themselves from the grassroots down up must be involved they must own the process and become original stakeholders in recruiting their leaders either from the president down to the council uh, the councillor at the world and they feel that the only way that can be possible it is when uh, the direct primaries uh, is um, introduced direct primary by inference is just talking about um, uh, a, a, a process that allows every party member to have access to vote on who and if he or she prefers to be the, uh, the flag barrier bearer of his or her party in, a, in an election. Before now, uh, but then you remember that parties uh, or candidates of political parties have always emerged through three different ways. It's either by consensus, where everybody agrees that, okay, this is the individual that we want to go for the president and they go for it or through the indirect or delegate uh, system where uh, delegates are elected and they are pushed forward to go and choose who the flag bearer should be and the last one being the direct uh, primary so as it is there are insinuations there are suspicions among the political elite especially the governors the governors are not happy they are not comfortable with the direct entry, I mean, direct primary. And what that translates to, before now, me and you, we know that the governors are mostly the financiers of political parties. The governor determines how rich a political party is, especially in their states. And because of that, when it goes to election, a governor can sit down in his office and determine for me and you who will become our chairman at the, at, the, at the local government? Who will go to the House of Assembly for us? Who will be our Senate, uh, what do you call it, our senator? Or who becomes our House of Reps member? They decide that in collaboration with their, with their cronies. And that is what the direct primary system is trying to address. That no, uh, a governor cannot shut down somebody that is uh, popular in a particular environment and say, no, this is somebody that I want. And whether we like it or not, the preference of governors, the, the preferred candidates of the governors have always been imagined. So the, the direct primary seeks to, um, to address that, but then there are still a lot of thinking. People are saying that it is expensive, especially now that they are recommending that Independent National Electoral Commission, INEC, has to observe all of that. But before now, INEC has also been observing elections, even whether delegates or uh, consensus. INEC has to be there to authenticate that truly this happened or this did not happen. Those periods when you have conflict within parties and one is saying that this one is a parallel, one is not a parallel, the court often will look at the, or the primary that is monitored or observed by INEC. So those are the issues that uh, the nation is confronted with. I believe that. Uh, the governors today should remember that one day they will stop being governors. Our National Assembly, especially the Senate, is populated by governors, past governors. When they were governors, I'm sure they would not also support this. But now they're out of office. And most of them have issues with their governors in their home states. 
And when they have that problem, they know that, of course, the governor can decide that, okay, you, you got the ticket to come to the Senate. The next time I have, I have somebody else. So they are coming up with this. At this phase, it is important for Nigerians to rise up, the civil society, the media, and the rest of us to do what is right. If the president indeed has rejected this and asking for lawmakers to go back and uh, rework on something, I don't know how long that is going to take. But I would have suggested that Mr. President signs the, amendment, the, 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 the proposal that is before him first, then we can do the amendment later. That is what we did in the last election in 2019, between uh, 2018 to 2019, that we couldn't get the amendment be the electoral bill amended until we enter into an election. If guys is not taking, we are still going to face with this. We still have the problem of e-transmission or electoral, electoral, um, electronic transmission of results. The use of carriers that are, we are, people are asking that should have legitimacy and all those stuff, they are all inclusive in this. And because of direct primaries uh, controversy, we should not throw out again the baby the water. Otherwise, uh, before we know it, we may just do this rigmarole uh, and we enter into an election without addressing some lapses that we have seen in the existing law. All right, Emi Adibaro, thank you so much. Let's go to the last newspaper on our menu this morning, and that is the Nation newspaper. On the front page of the Nation newspaper this morning, Army chief, repentant Boko Haram fighters not sincere. Army chief, repentant Boko Haram fighters not sincere, according to an army chief. Adebayo, I know you have been following the issue of repentant Boko Haram before now. That whether they should be pardoned, they should be integrated in society or not. But here, we are hearing from the horse's mouth, an army chief, a senior army officer is saying then these repentant fighters are not sincere. Sincere. Echo was worried over spread of terrorism. Terrorist bandits using radio frequency spectrum illegally. How are they acquiring it? <laughs> this is the government that can explain. Adebayo, weigh in. What is your take? Is that it is a very worrisome development. Uh, I know that uh, of late, even not even before now, we have been having the problem or the issue around repentant uh, bandits or terrorists or whatever we want to call them. Uh, the military has at many times attributed the repentance to the heat, the superior firepower of the Nigerian military, which is true to some extent and also the inner conflict between ISWAP and the Boko Haram uh, fighters after the demise of uh, Chicago and others, all of that. We have also known that um, there is global, uh, what do you call it, the global uh, uh, partnership against uh, the, the fighters have also uh, brought in a lot of things. So most of these people that were said to be, to have repented, uh, have actually not repented to me we see some of them as uh, those people that were uh, that had to escape the heat of the Nigerian military by surrendering and going back to the trade that, uh, that, that they, they know how to do. 
when the federal government came up with the uh, the de-radicalization program of uh, for the Boko Haram fighters, a lot of Nigerians were alarmed that how do you how sure are we? How can we guarantee that these people have genuinely left that trade? And of course, we know that many of them were constructed into this out of their conscience and out of their without their own uh, consent. So when uh, the military said that they were trying to profile each and every one of those that have repented and surrendered to uh, to the government, we don't know to what extent they were able to distill between or among those that are genuinely uh, got into this without their, their their intent or those that got into it and had to lay down their hands because of the military power or those that actually came into this just as a point of the, I mean because of deception most of them came into maybe sniffing more information from from the Nigerian forces to understand or to infiltrate the ranks of the forces even as well if possible so Coming, this coming from the army chief, I'm sure that should be the chief of army staff uh, should call for more uh, uh, concern. It means that um, we, the, the forces, the Nigerian government, the, the necessary or concerned agencies must do more to profile an individual repentant terrorist to know where he or she is coming from, including their families, women. Uh, but if you don't forget that there was a time at the face of the insurgency that the Boko Haram fighters were using girls as suicide bombers. So we cannot just sincerely say that because uh, they belong to a particular gender, then our problem is solved when they come out. Government, the military must do very much, much more. This coming from the chief of army staff, of course, means that it's a professional, um, what do you call it? It, 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 it's a proven, it's a proven concern. And government must take it very, very well. I'm not sure that it is coming at the first time. A number of people are genuinely concerned about it, and that will be the face or another uh, concern as we go forward. But we should get the social workers, psychologists, and all those people that can come around to get us who and who among those individuals are to be able to know who is genuine and who is not. Otherwise, uh, we may be we may be we may be breeding a lot more of people that, that of terrorists that will be infiltrating our ranks and of course you know what that means then we can begin to have attacks in likely and unlikely uh, places as we are seeing even with Sokoto now we don't know who's doing that. All right, many thanks to Remy Adibai for joining us this morning on the Inside Nigeria. We still hope to see more of you right inside the studio. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> All right. I also thank the resident of Sokoto, Mansur Issa Buhari, who joined us from Sokoto this morning to help provide updates as to the state of insecurity in that state. And of course, our senior health correspondent, patient Evie Ihejirika, who also tried to join us earlier today. Many thanks to viewers for being with us from the hours of 10 to this moment. Make it this without tomorrow for the last edition of Inside Nigeria for the week. We are Winifred Ogbebo. We'll be your host. My name is Bode Gadebo. Bye for now.
This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.